Again and again, Jesus, the Lord of the universe, slipped away in the morning or the evening, in a garden or to the mountains, to pray or to mourn, to cry and to rest. And then he returned to the multitudes to minister and heal them. So too, we, his disciples, must make time and find place to meet with the living God, to bask in the warmth of his sunlight and to find bread. Let's begin. Blank paper and pen. Stories to tell. Battles to win. Deep breath and count to ten. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. What up, folks? Leroy Barber with Sit Up Podcast, and we are so grateful for y'all following along. Uh, so my wife, Donna Barber, had a book come out a number of weeks ago, and we got to be there live at her first book event. And so we're going we're gonna to throw that out for you. I hope you enjoy uh, what Donna Barber has to say uh, and the phenomenal uh, book that she wrote, Bread for the Resistance. Let's begin. Hi, my name is Donna Barber, and I am the author of Bread for the Resistance. <laughs> I want to share um, another passage from the book. Um, and this one is called Revelation. Somewhere around 2010, gender reveal parties became a thing. <laughs> An expected mom or couple hosts a party dripping with pink and blue decorations for their friends and family members. Then in some dramatic fashion and with much celebration and cake, the gender of the coming child is revealed. Scripture seems to indicate that there's another reveal for which the whole world is waiting with expectation. The revelation of the children of God. Even nature, all of creation, is subject to this frustration, groaning in pain while waiting for the children of God to be revealed to a hurting and desperate world, waiting for us to be whom we were created to be so that the world might be freed from its bondage to, to death into glorious freedom. Think about that. What if the waves are tossing, the trees are bending, the volcanoes are erupting, and the earth is shaking as it waits in tension for us to get a clue to who God is, a clue to who we are, and why we are here? What's more, we, the sons and daughters of God who carry the down payment of the Spirit of God within us, are groaning within ourselves, in our fads and trending, scrolling and web surfing, binge watching, binge eating, makeup, makeovers, and endless efforts to make it. We too are groaning with expectation for ourselves to be the people we were created to be in Christ Jesus. One time in high school, I was sitting at a, a women's luncheon with my mom. And on the table in front of me was a place card with a scripture reference. I was bored waiting for the program to begin, so I decided to look up my verse. 
It said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord had anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. I can remember the words leaping off the page at me, disrupting my thoughts and disturbing my spirit. They were more than black ink on white paper. They were a call, a reason for being, a divine purpose. I didn't want to hear it at the time. It didn't make sense. And yet those words set my feet on a path and pointed me in a direction. The thought that we are somehow involved in or even more critical to God's great plan of redemption for the world seems ludicrous to many of us. We look at our weak, sinful, and foolish lives and examine our feeble attempts at justice and scoff. And yet God is up to something miraculous. And we are, have a part in that plan. Rather than hide this mystery in the layers of a cake or the parchment of a hidden scroll, he has chosen to place it within the cracked clay vessels of our lives and to announce it through the chapped, crooked smiles and halting words of folks like you and me. As we wait for the final sign of our adoption, the redemption and transformation of our bodies and resurrection, Every day brings us closer and closer to that climax. Every day we become more and more like our father with more of his likeness apparent in us. Every day a little less hateful. Every day a little more gracious. Every day a little less complaining, a little more true. God is revealing more of himself to the world through us every day. The more we live into our purpose, answer the call, and walk in the spirit, the more we become who we were created to be. Thank you. I wanted to give time if there were any questions or any thoughts. I want to also come down lower. <laughs> I think I remember um, once I finally conceded, because you know we go through the struggle where God is saying, I want you to do this. And we say, argue back. No, it doesn't make sense. There's enough books in the world, God. And um, so we were doing our thing. And, um, and going back and forth with him for a while. And realizing, um, one, that God still has things to say. And he decides who he chooses to use to say it and um it's not really about me you know um it's about him and so finally I said okay God all right fine so I started approaching the book with 
the way I approach a sermon. You know, I'm looking at the scripture and I'm thinking about what it is, what is it that God is saying through this to what does he want to say to the people that, you know, he is speaking to. Um, and then I felt God kind of do this thing where I, I call it like this hand on the back of your neck. Like, he's just like, all right, listen, I'm trying. <laughs> right. Um, and, and realizing he said, you're going to have to be transparent. You're going to have to talk about not just why the, what the scripture is saying to other people, but what, what does it mean to you? You're going to have to share your stories. You're going to have to share your experiences, your you, because that's how I choose to tell it. Um, and that was terrifying to me. Um, cause it was much easier to just talk about, well, David said in this scripture or whatever, as opposed to talking about me or talking about the things that have happened in my life or, um, and how I'm struggling with something. Um, but eventually God has his way as he, do, as he usually does. And I say, yes. Um, and so now the terror is this is out in the world and people are reading this. Um, but it's good. It's good. Thank you. Yeah. I think the, she asked which, what was the hardest one to write? Um, I think definitely there's one where, <clears throat> I don't know that, remember the title, but it's talking about um, the day that I took Leroy to the airport to go to Ferguson. <clears throat> um, and of course, because I'm looking for it, I don't see the title right now, but, um, and still, like still, uh, I go and I read that one and, and I have tears um, every time because I can remember remember vividly that morning, early in the morning, still dark, driving to the airport and the um, anxiety the, that was there and yet at the same time the knowing that he was supposed to go and the wrestling um, with that that this is the call and um, and there's cost to that and and yet we signed up for this <laughs> um, so writing going back and thinking through that and being able to verbalize that um, was probably the hardest one <laughs> yeah but very necessary um, and what was the second question no, um, the process of publishing, it started off, I, I feel like I got a little tricked by my husband. Um, <laughs> I know, that's like shocking, right? <laughs> that man of God back there. Um, but um, I had finally decided that, okay, I'm going to do this. And I had started working, I uh, worked on the book proposal. Okay, so the way I, I started writing the book first, and because I said, I don't want to feel the stress of there's a deadline. So I'm just going to take my time and write this book as long as it takes me to write the book. And then when I'm almost finished, that's when I'll submit a proposal and just trust that if since I feel like this is something God is saying, somebody will publish it. Well, 
closer to that time, we had started the work with um, the Voices uh, Publishing Division of, of the Voices Project. And so I was like, this is great. We'll just publish it through Voices. Um, so I went on and I finished the book proposal and I gave it to the executive director of Voices, Leroy Barber. Said, and I said, here's the book proposal for this book that I'm working on and let me know what you think. And I waited and then like maybe a couple weeks later, I asked about what's going on with the book proposal. Oh, well, I gave it to IVP. And so um, they're talking like they want to do it. So I'm waiting to hear, but you gave it to IVP. That was not the plan. <laughs> that was not like, I, then I started thinking back through what did I put in the book proposal? Was it really ready for like the real big publisher people? <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my God, I need to take it back and, and look it over and redo it. And I was like, so, but it was too late for that. And, um, but, IVP came back and said, yes, we want to, we, we want to do this. We love your voice. Um, and I was thinking, great, I'm almost done. I was like at day 30 or so by then. And they said, but we'd like to hear more of it. We would like you to make each one longer. Cause initially I was like real short kind of daily bread type of devotional, like, I said, people don't have time. They want a five-minute quick, you know, get with God and move on. And so I was thinking 400 words. And they were like, no, we want like eight to 1,200 words for each entry. And I was like, that's double what I was. So everything I had already written, I had to go back and redo, um, expand and expound on. So that process was not expected in the, in the, process, in the uh, publishing scheme of things and then I had the deadline though of now because it's at the publisher oh and it needs to be done by this point and so all the stuff I was trying to avoid I didn't avoid <laughs> avoid but yes I would lock myself in the room and tell them do not talk to me do not because I have to finish yeah yes but um but that once the 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 editing part was not so bad. Most of what they suggested, I agreed with. Um, there was only one thing that I pushed back against and they conceded on. Initially, the publisher did not want suffering to be the last section of the book. They thought, you know, maybe you put that earlier and end on a happy note, you know? <laughs> and... Um, and that was one thing that I was like, no. I said, because at the end of the day, we will suffer. And even, you know, these good, godly, God-fearing people who have given up everything to, you know, pursue this thing called justice, at the end of it all, even if we do everything the way that God is asking us to do it, which often we are not, we are going to suffer. That is the reality. And I think I said, I feel like that's where God wants to leave this is that that's the thing. So that they came back and said, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> they did have songs. I had to convince them. 
I had this idea of she's asking what um, the idea about urban doxology and getting their music in the book where they did we co-create this together. Um, I had the idea of I, actually uh, four years ago, I think our first year of um, my work with Champions Academy, I had a teacher apply to work and her resume had a QR code on it. And when you scan the QR code, it took you to a video of her in her classroom. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> right? I hired that teacher, right? <laughs> but it stayed with me. I, I just knew, like, this is so cool. There's something I need to use this for. Something this is going to be good. So when I did the book, that's when I thought about, I, would, I wonder if you can take the QR code and do, use music. And um, just like she used the video. So Urban Doxology, um, they're friends, and we've done stuff together with Voices for years. Um, and I contacted David and said, hey, I have this idea I would love. One, I, I always want to promote them because um, I think they are so special in the ministry that they have through music. And I said, I really want to include your music in my book. And they were like, what? How are we going to do? How are you going to put music in a book? And I had to explain to them. And then they, he, David had to get one of the, um, his tech people to figure out how to do it. And we went back and forth on that for a while. And I, told, I asked IVP, which IVP, I don't think they really understood what I was talking about. They were like, oh, yeah, that sounds fine. Okay. But they didn't really get fully um, at the time. But we finally went back and forth, and um, they suggested different ways of doing it. I was really committed to it needs to be a free code because the way things they were suggesting through Apple or was something else, you would have had to you would have had to purchase like a membership thing in order to. And I was like, no, I don't want that. I want them to be able to just scan it, and it's just there. Um, and so we finally, they figured out how to do it. And, and then it was, I already, I probably know every song that Urban Doxology does and I listen to it all the time. So I sent the chapter headings to their producer and said, these are the sections. Um, and then he sent back to me just based on those titles, songs that he thought should go there. And, um, and then kind of prayed over that and I think we may have rearranged them a little bit maybe but that's how we ended up with with them and then finally they mailed me codes I sent them to IVP and they're in the book so I I really um have tried to push that because I think some people don't notice them <laughs> or like are what there's codes what so please share that tell people because there was a lot to get those in there but um I just think that it's, for me, music is really special and part of um, often my devotional time. And I thought it would be a good gift. And, and I encourage you, if you like the music of Irma Doxology, please, you can go online and purchase more and download because they are amazing. Um, oh, she asked, um, who was I thinking about as I was writing this? Was there a group of people, right? that were on my heart at the time. And I would, I would say there wasn't any specific group. Um, they really have come out of my devotional time with the Lord. So, um, which is a time that I'm really committed to. Um, 
And I have for years, because I was real, there was really journaling in my devotional time was really impressed upon me by a, a woman's leader that at our church when I was in Philadelphia. Um, so I have journals that every day I'm writing notes in and um, I just drew from those journals. Um, and so usually God is pointing out stuff to me, <laughs> for me, but there are other times when I have the awareness that this is for more than just me. Um, and so initially before I conceded finally to write the book, I was satisfying that that awareness of this is for more than me by making a post on Facebook right? <laughs> saying, Oh, I feel like this is supposed to be shared. So I'll just like say something and now shared. Um, and then, um, but then God's like mm, a little bit more than that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I do not know probably another devotional <laughs> if the Lord says so. Um, but yeah, cause I'm still writing in journals. So I have just in case there are days when I put my notes in there and at the top of the page, I write bread. Um, and that's just for me that if I go into a, a, this um, project again, I already know know some particular um entries that I'll write from because that was a big thing went with this book was deciding I have you know a stack of journals and like which ones which ones do I include which ones do I use um and having to go back and sort through and figure out so I have been just making a note if I think I think this one is something to share I, I try to shorten, you know, I would hope as I grow in God that the time between I know God said this and the time between me saying yes is shorter and shorter and shorter. So I feel like um, once I knew for sure it was like, okay, yes. I think the, there's the, the decision first of, yes, I'm going to do this. Then there's the prayer of, so how do I do this? You know, then let me figure out um, what I need to do. And um, so the execution, there was probably more weeks or months, you know, before that. But I was working on the how. What, where do I start um, looking up? How do you write a book proposal? <laughs> Those kinds of things. Um, asking questions. Um, but for a long time, I just really... I didn't, I could not get my head around what, why do we need another book? There's like thousands and thousands of books, right? At the bookstores and libraries and bookstores are closing. <laughs> and there's so many voices out there. Why do I need to do this? Um, but I had some key people. I mean, my husband who persistently, you need to do this. And, um, and, um, my good friend Jen in, in Chicago, who every time I saw her. So when are you writing the book? So when are you writing it? Did you get started on that book? What are you writing? And when I kept saying, I don't what would I write about? Um and but eventually once I thought about I could write a devotional because that means so much to me. Um 
and because I've gone to look for devotionals, right? And I think, and you go into the bookstore and you're like, not this is all like, <laughs> like I don't want to buy any of these books, right? They didn't connect with me, right? Um, they weren't about the things that I was dealing with. They weren't about the things that I cared about. Um, and so I knew that, well, maybe there are other people who feel that way. And how do I write a book? If there was a group, it's, it's, it's that group. It's the people who were like that we talk to all over the country um, when we are out and about and doing work with the Voices Project and meeting people and um, the ministry that happens, you know, when you go for coffee with somebody or for lunch um, and hearing and, and encouraging and feeling like, I love doing that. I can, I can, I can write a book for that for those people. Um, yeah, because I wish that that book was there for me. Yeah. Yes. The um, question is about the cover of how did how did we come about the cover art? Um, so this was another area where I I had to push because the original um, suggestion that they sent to me I did not like at all it was just the words the bread of resistance and the rest of the cover was blank and I was like this is awful <laughs> this is not at all represents what this book is um so I wrote back to my um editor and said I do not like this cover what can we do and the funny thing was um he he and then he talked to his boss and they were both like, well, yeah, yeah, we we agree. But they didn't want to go to the art department and tell them that they didn't like the cover. They said, but if you say it, <laughs> then, you know, it'll be like the author has, you know, some. so they all knew that it wasn't great. But none of them wanted to like people try to stay in their lane. And they're not the art people. They're the editors or they're, you know, so they, the editors don't tell the art people what to do. So what I thought, well, I'm going to tell them that. And so then we had to have a phone meeting um, to with the head of the art department on the phone when I explained to him, I said, this does not represent the book. Like, where are the themes that are in the book? This is an urban book. This is a book about people, people of color. This is like about resisting. And I had said, one thing I had said is, I do not want to see another cover with a loaf of bread sitting on a table. <laughs> so when I, when we decided, when we agreed on the title, I, that was one thing I said, I do not want the loaf of bread on the table cover um so because i had said that that's so all they came up with was just words then <laughs> um so but after we talked and i said those things like you know what is the book about what, then they went back and because then the the art the uh, art director was like okay okay i i think i i hear what you're saying i think i get it and then he came back with this <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> Initially, they had told me, and you don't put people on the front of your book. They said that too. 
You don't put people on the front of the book because you will always exclude a particular group of people. So if you put a woman on the book, the men will think it's not for them, right? If you put a black woman on the book, then white women will think it's not for them. So you don't put people on the front of your book. That's what they told me. <laughs> so, but they came back with a with a woman. <laughs> yes. I don't know who she is. <laughs> I don't know. But I like her. <laughs> yes. Any others? Any other questions? If not, I wanted to close with just one other excerpt. And this is actually from the, the epilogue, um, which I wrote after the book. I had finished the book, submitted everything, um, and my editor said, um, you know, if you, if you have time at some point, you might want to write something that kind of just sums everything up and concludes at the end. Um, and it took a while because I was like, nope, I can't think of anything else. And then one morning it was there. I said, I think this is the closing of the book. But so I'm going to read just the, the end part of that. Uh, we are not capable of producing our own light or changing our own batteries. Again and again, Jesus, the Lord of the universe, slipped away in the morning or the evening, in a garden or to the mountains to pray or to mourn, to cry and to rest and then he returned to the multitudes to minister and heal them. So too, we, his disciples, must make time and find place to meet with the living God, to bask in the warmth of his sunlight and to find bread. And then we must return to the meat of service. For we, like Christ, were created with purpose to make him known and to glorify God. Resistance is not only the refusal to comply with something, but also the ability not to be adversely affected by it. We are light bearers sent to shine in the darkness, and if properly fueled, we will not be overpowered by it. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. Second Corinthians 4, 7 to 10. Then Jesus said to them, Father, my father gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Amen.